Hey everyone, thanks for checking out the River Community Church podcast. If you want more information about the church or things that are going on, you can visit therivercc.com or you can check out our app at app.therivercc.com. This week's message comes from Pastor Brian Vaughn. My name is Brian. I'm one of the one of the pastors here. Uh, Steve, who's normally up here, uh, is out of town with his family this weekend, and so we're excited to to get to be with you this morning. Um, so, I don't know if you're anything like me. Growing up, uh, there were these things that my dad would always say that just kind of stick with you. You know, short little sayings. You know, and uh, for him, it's probably imparting some some form of wisdom on to his kids. And, uh, and actually, and they've kind of stuck with us and he continues to say some of these things to this day. And my kids call my dad Poppy. And so we've come to know these sayings as Poppyisms. okay? I want to share a couple with you this morning. Uh, first one, and uh, I don't know if my kids grasp onto this one as much, or maybe they do, uh, says, uh, it's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. You ever heard that? Yeah, I'm sure we've all heard some, some form of that. And, uh, you know, I, I appreciate that. A, a friend recently uh, was moving and, and had this old table saw that, that uh, he really didn't need anymore. And he, he asked me if I wanted it. And, and I was like, yeah, it's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it, right? Uh, of course, that can, that can get you in trouble if you go too far with it, right? Uh, but another one of those uh, little sayings from my dad was, uh, I'll, I'll set it up first so you, so you kind of get an idea. I ran uh, track in high school, junior high and high school. And whenever I would, uh, you know, right before a race and you'd come up to the starting line, um, just, you know, those nerves, that feeling in your stomach that just like it's turning a little bit. And uh, we around our house would call that having butterflies, right? Have you ever heard that? You got butterflies in your stomach, right? And so my dad would always say, it's okay to have butterflies as long as they're flying in formation. Yeah, that's good, isn't it? In other words, it's okay to be nervous as long as you don't let it control you, right? Uh, and another one, and my kids really like this one. Uh, he would say, and, and still to this day would say, you win a few and you lose a few. Sometimes you eat the bear, sometimes the bear eats you. Come on, that's pretty good. <laughs> you guys are you're all awake? You know, it's, the, the idea is, you know, life throws things at you. Sometimes, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Sometimes you eat the bear. Sometimes it eats you, you know? And uh, we would prefer most of our lives not to be on the being eaten side, right? But really what these things, these sayings from my dad are, they're, they're little proverbs, Right? A proverb is a short or clever saying that offers some sort of general wisdom or advice. Some short, clever saying, often so you can memorize them, like they stick with you, right? Oftentimes, there's a little rhyming going on, but they, they offer some sort of general wisdom and advice. Now, I wonder what you think of when you hear the word proverb. Uh, some of us might think of, you know, you go to uh, uh, an ethnic place uh, for food and they, they give you a fortune cookie, right? At the end, you snap it open, you pull out the little piece of paper, it tells you your lucky numbers, and then it has some sort of little saying. Some of those at times are proverbs. Uh, you might think of Confucius, Confucius, 
I always have a hard time with that. Anyway, doesn't matter. You know the guy I'm talking old way long ago had these little sayings, right, that, uh, that, that offered some general advice or, or wisdom. If you've been around the church at all for any amount of time or are familiar with the Bible or the scriptures, then immediately your mind probably goes to, you hear the word proverb, it goes to a book of the Bible, right? Somewhere towards the middle called Proverbs. Now, Proverbs is an interesting book. It's a part of the, the way it's written. It's considered uh, wisdom literature. And so it's not narrative. It's not like telling this, this story, although the first nine uh, chapters of Proverbs actually have some structure to them. And they, they paint some pictures that are real beautiful. We're gonna look at a couple of those uh, before we're done this morning. But then there's just a bunch of these sayings, these proverbs, these clever sayings that offer some sort of general wisdom or advice. And it's a little different. But just to give you a little context, in 1 Kings chapter three, Solomon uh, has just been kind of appointed and coronated as king of Israel. His father, David, was, uh, they, Israel was, was really excited about, about David and, and who he was. And David had, he, he had a great career and then he had a turn of events and then kind of went downhill for the rest of his life. And then we, we actually see the same thing with Solomon as we read through First and Second Kings. Well, we'll see that as well. He, he goes up and then he kind of goes down as well. But he starts off really well. And in First Kings chapter three, we get this picture of, of, of Solomon worshiping at a place of worship. He's submitting himself, surrendering sacrifices to the Lord and himself and his reign and his rule. And it says that very night, God appeared to Solomon in a dream and said, Solomon, you can have anything. What would you want from me? And I wonder if you think about it, if you, what if God came to you tonight after you've been here, we, we sung these beautiful songs and, and we've looked in his word, we've surrendered our hearts, we've put our hearts in a, in a place of submission before God and God met you in a dream tonight and said, hey, what would you ask from me? I wonder what you'd say. I wonder what I'd say. I have some ideas of things I'd say. But God was really pleased with answers, with Solomon's answer to that question. Solomon said, I'm a new king and I want to lead well. Would you give me wisdom and insight and understanding? And God gave him those things. It gave him a lot more on top of that. And I'm not here to say that Solomon followed all of that wisdom and that insight for his whole life, but he did start off really well. And so he became known as the wisest person who had ever lived to that point. And people traveled from, from far and wide to come and to sit with Solomon and to hear this wisdom, to see his wealth. He ended up with a lot of wealth and a lot of things. But that's, that's the guy that's written down and is, and is credited. So much of the book of Proverbs is credited to him. Not all of it, but, but the majority of it. And as we read, we're gonna read a few of these, but I, I want you to understand that Proverbs, they focus on the general rule. 
or the principle and not necessarily the exceptions, okay? So you're, we're gonna read some of these and we're gonna read them and like, yeah, that sounds great and I could see how that could be a principle, but that hasn't worked in my life, right? Well, they're not meant to be promises. They're meant to be principles. And the exceptions are dealt with in some of the other books of wisdom literature. One that Solomon actually, a couple that Solomon wrote, one of those is Ecclesiastes. The book of Job's considered wisdom literature and it deals with what happens when the, the principles or the, the general wisdom of life just don't work out and how they deal with those. But the book of Proverbs deals with, okay, most of the time, if you do this, if you live this way, this is what will happen. It's really a book of probability. <laughs> the odds are, this will happen. So here's an example. Proverbs 13, four says this. Lazy people want much, but get little. But those who work hard will prosper. That's good, right? And we, we believe those principles. Lazy people want much, but get little. You ever known someone that's a little lazy? They probably want the world, right? But uh, maybe not willing to work for it. But those who work hard will prosper. You put, in, you put in hard work and things will go well. But you know what? Through my life, sometimes I've worked really hard, but I haven't necessarily seen the prospering part, right? And then I see someone that, man, it seems like everything just drops in their lap and it drives me crazy. You know, Job had some of the same questions. But the principle is there. The principle uh, is true. But we live in a world where there's forces that are working against us, where we make terrible choices, right? And so it doesn't always work out that way. But it's a pretty good thing to live, live by. So if you're in here and you lean towards the lazy side, you might ought to think about working hard. <laughs> Just saying, all right? I'm not pointing any fingers at anyone, I promise. So those... That's kind of gives you an idea. I want to read just some of the, and these are, again, these are just kind of plucked out. There's some that stuck out to me as I was reading through them over the past couple of weeks. And uh, I thought some of them were interesting. Some of them were kind of funny. And some of them have really just uh, very interesting and, and graphic um, imagery to get the point across, okay? So here's some. 18.2. Fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions, <laughs> That sounds familiar, doesn't it? The world we live in, that seems to be the way. It didn't matter what side you're on or what pond you swim in. There's a lot of people wanting to air opinions. And the proverb says that there's no interest in understanding there. And equates that with foolishness. Hmm. Sorry if that hurts you a little bit. Uh, 1712, it's safer to meet a bear robbed of her cubs than to confront a fool caught in foolishness. A lot of talk about bears this morning. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> it's funny. I, I understand that, that one because my wife often talks about herself being a mama bear if someone messes with her kids, right? And that's not pretty. But the Proverbs, Solomon's saying, no offense, dear. Um, <laughs> She's very beautiful. Uh, the, the, oh, wow. Shut up, Brian. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to go to the next one. Uh, 2611. <laughs> this might be me. As a dog returns to, it vom to its vomit, so a fool repeats his foolishness. 
hey, we're glad you guys were here. Thank you. Oh, gosh. Uh, 20, let's go, keep going. Uh, 2717, you may have heard this one, whether you've been in church or not. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. It's a good one. Uh, 1017, uh, people who accept, am I red? I feel like I'm red. Uh, people who accept discipline are on the pathway to life, but those who ignore correction will go astray. It's good. 1918, discipline your children while there is hope. Otherwise, you will ruin their lives. Wow. And I think when Proverbs talks about discipline, most of the time, it's, it's not talking about a form of discipline. It's talking about the principle, the idea of training your kids for godliness, training your kids to be people who contribute to society. And the proverb says that if we don't do that, then the general principle is that, man, that could ruin their lives. Wow, that's heavy, huh? Now, it's not always necessarily true. I've known of, of, of folks who uh, have, have really trained, trained their children and somehow their children still managed to ruin their own lives, right? And then I've seen others who didn't have that great upbringing and didn't have that training and that discipline in their home, but yet, man, God got a hold of their hearts and their lives and, and they're amazing examples of, of Christ-likeness and godliness. So again, it's not always... It's not a promise, but it's a, it's a general principle and a rule. Uh, uh, 1127, if you search for good, you will find favor. But if you search for evil, it will find you. <laughs> 2519, putting confidence in an unreliable person in times of trouble is like chewing with a broken tooth. You ever done that? Hurts, right? Or walking on a lame foot. That's the same as putting confidence in an unreliable person. Uh, the imagery is amazing. Uh, Ten twelve, hatred stirs up quarrels, but love makes makes up for all offenses. Fifteen seventeen, a bowl of vegetables with someone you love is better than steak with someone you hate. I guess Solomon likes steak a little better than vegetables. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, Sixteen eighteen, pride goes before destruction and haughtiness before a fall. We we've probably heard that one. Uh, wrong, 17.4, wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip, gossip, not gospel, gossip. Uh, liars pay close attention to slander. Hmm. You like to listen to gossip or to slander? Then you might be a wrongdoer or a liar. Hmm. Ouch. Okay. Uh, 26.16, lazy people consider themselves smarter than seven wise counselors. Yeah, just let that sink in. 14.4, without oxen, a stable stays clean, but you need a strong ox for a large harvest. I'll just let you figure out what that means. I, I get it, but I'll let you. 16.8, better to have little with godliness than to be rich and dishonest. They're very practical, right? They're practical, they're these principles to, to live by. But I want, the first question I want to answer this morning is what is truly the purpose of these Proverbs? And the book actually answers that for us. So if you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, turn to Proverbs chapter one. It's pretty close to the middle. If you don't have a Bible with you, there's some uh, around you, Burgundy Bible somewhere in the seats. Uh, this will also be up on the screen. But Proverbs chapter one tells us the purpose of this whole thing. 
These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline, to help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them do what is right, just, and fair. These Proverbs will give insight to the simple, knowledge and discernment to the young. Let the wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance. By exploring the meaning of these Proverbs and parables, the words of the wise and their riddles. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. So the whole purpose, the reason this is in here, the reason we have this collected is for us to learn what it looks like to become wise, to live disciplined lives. If we're young, to, to learn discernment. If we feel like we're simple, to, to, to give us insight. It says even the wise, if they listen to these Proverbs, will become even wiser. And even if you already have understanding, the more you dig in and, and, and jump in, the more understanding that you will have. And here's kind of the first truth I, I want us to, to, to grasp. We become wise not by passively receiving, but by choosing to pursue God's ways and wisdom. And that's what Proverbs is talking about, is God's ways and wisdom. In fact, he says the foundation of all of this, of all of these Proverbs, the foundation, it starts here, fear of the Lord. And I think that's a way of just saying an understanding and a knowledge of who God is and in light of who God is, who I am, and understanding how the world works from God's perspective. And a surrender and a submission to, to, to acknowledge, to recognize that, Lord, your ways are higher than my ways. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. And so I need and want to actively pursue that. That's the only way we're gonna become wise. I remember in high school, teachers, at least, at least once a year, somebody would say, hey, you cannot learn this textbook by osmosis, right? You, you, you can't go home and just put it under your pillow and hope that you learn it, right? Whatever osmosis means, I don't know. And maybe that was the point, right? But I think we, we take that, we take this posture with our faith and with our scripture and, and, and wanting to understand the ways of the Lord. We're just like, well, if I show up on a Sunday, you know, I'll, I'll hear a few things and, and, and maybe I'll, I'll, I'll read every once in a while, I'll crack, crack open the scriptures and, and read a little bit and, and just think that it's gonna happen. But the more I read the scriptures, the more I see this idea, this understanding that no, this is something you actively pursue. You choose to follow. In fact, Proverbs really sets up with, with so many of these things, it's setting up contrast. And in some of the others, not necessarily the ones that I read, but in many of them, there's this picture of two paths that we can walk down. There's the path of the wise or the path of the foolish. 
There's the path of righteousness or the path of wickedness. The path of life or the path of death. And we are, here's the thing, we're actively pursuing one of those. So the question for you this morning, for me, is which path are you pursuing? Which path are you walking down? Which path are you choosing to follow? In fact, Proverbs gives us another, uh, an even uh, clearer picture of wisdom. We're gonna turn to Proverbs chapter eight uh, in just a moment. But first, I wanna read just a small passage from the book of James, which is way over in the New Testament. And James is uh, the half-brother of Jesus. And while Jesus was walking, walking physically walking the earth and teaching and, and healing and, and doing things with people, James didn't necessarily follow Jesus or believe that he was the Messiah, this language of the one that they've been waiting for to, um, to set things right, to set things straight. But after Jesus was killed and then rose from the grave, James believed and surrendered his life. In fact, became one of, the, one of the primary leaders of the early church in Jerusalem. And he writes this letter to believers, to followers of Jesus. And it's really interesting, the small rabbit trail, we won't go all the way down it, but the book of James actually reads a lot like Proverbs. He has a lot of these little uh, just sayings, this is wisdom to, to help them kind of understand the, the things that would stick with them. And it, it reads a lot like Proverbs. Also, uh, a lot of it sounds a whole lot like, uh, like the teachings of Jesus, uh, specifically in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5 to, 5 to 7. So compare them sometime. It's really cool. But this is what James says in chapter one, verse five to eight. If you need wisdom, or some translations say, if you lack wisdom. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with a divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave on the sea which is, uh, that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world and they are unstable in everything they do. James says, if you lack wisdom, ask for it. I gotta think he probably had in his head, remember Solomon, he asked for wisdom and God gave it to him. And then he goes on and it talks about this idea of, but don't don't doubt that, that God can do what he says that he will do. And I think in my mind, when I've often read this, I separate, like considered those two different uh, two different topics. So if you lack wisdom, ask for it, and our generous God will give it to you, right? And then it's almost like, oh, then he switches gears and goes a different direction. Hey, and don't doubt. Have faith. But I think the two are tied together here for James. He's like, if you lack wisdom, ask for it, God will give it to you, and believe and trust in his wisdom, and trust that he will give it to you. Because when you don't walk in the wisdom of God, you're like a wave that's tossed to and fro by the wind. So when you feel like that's where you are, maybe you're not walking in and trusting in the wisdom of God. 
So what's the picture, another picture that, of wisdom that, that Proverbs gives us? We're going to jump back to Proverbs now, go into Proverbs chapter 8. We're going to read this chapter, and I, I just want you to, to listen for things that, that stick out to you. Listen for the things that it's talking about when it talks about the wisdom of God. And the picture it paints, there's a character that's introduced here, and she's called Lady Wisdom. But really, all she is is the personification of the wisdom of God. Okay, we're tracking? So Lady Wisdom is the personification of the wisdom of God and just giving these these personal qualities to God's wisdom. We're tracking? Okay, so that's what we're looking at. Chapter eight, verse one. Listen as wisdom calls out. Hear as understanding raises her voice. On the hilltop, along the road, she takes her stand at the crossroads. By the gates at the entrance to the town, on the the road leading in, she cries aloud, I call to you, to all of you, I raise my voice to all people. You simple people, use good judgment, you foolish people, show some understanding. Listen to me, for I have important things to tell you. Everything I say is right, for I speak the truth and detest every kind of deception. It's the wisdom of God talking. My advice is wholesome. There is nothing devious or crooked in it. My words are plain to anyone with understanding, clear to those with knowledge. Choose my instruction rather than silver and knowledge rather than gold. For wisdom is far more valuable than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with it. Do you think about the wisdom of God that way? It's better than silver or gold. It's more valuable than rubies. Anything I can hold up to next to the wisdom of a God, it all fails in comparison. I don't know that we think about wisdom that way. Verse 12, I, wisdom, live together with good judgment. Wisdom and good judgment go hand in hand. I know where to discover knowledge and discernment. All who fear the Lord will hate evil. Therefore, I hate pride and arrogance, corruption and perverse speech. And I wonder sometimes of us, maybe sometimes we actually... Don't mind putting up with evil or pride or arrogance or corruption or perverse speech. Common sense, verse 14. Common sense and success belong to me. Insight and strength are mine. Because of me, kings reign and rulers make decree. Rulers lead with my help and nobles make righteous judgments. (laughs) If only that were true. I love all those who love me. Those who search will surely find me. I have riches and honor as well as enduring wealth and justice. My gifts are better than gold, even the purest gold. My wages better than sterling silver. I walk in righteousness and paths of justice. Those who love me inherit wealth. I will find their treasuries. I love that. I don't know if you caught it at the beginning of that passage. It said that the wisdom is standing at this crossroads. And one path, it leads to the wisdom of God. It leads into the city. And one path leads out into desolation. It's calling out, saying, come and and follow this way. Walk down this path, this path that leads to life instead of destruction, this path that, that is wise instead of foolish, this path that is righteous instead of wicked. 
come and follow this path. And then we're gonna go on. I wanna read the rest of the chapter, but I really want you to listen closely and see if there's anything in here that makes you think of something else in scripture, if you spend any time in it, or just what images it, it brings to your mind, okay? So listen. Verse 22, the Lord formed me from the beginning before he created anything. This is gonna be really cool, I promise. So listen, really. The Lord formed me from the beginning before he created anything else. I was appointed in ages past at the very first, before the earth began. I was born before the oceans were created, before the springs bubbled forth their waters, before the mountains were formed, before the hills I was born, before he had made the earth and the fields and the, the first handfuls of soil. I was there when he established the heavens, when he drew the horizon on the oceans. I was there when he set the clouds above, when he established springs deep in the earth. I was there when he set the limits of the seas so they would not spread beyond their boundaries and when he marked off the earth's foundations. That's beautiful imagery. It's a couple of things it makes me think of. It makes me think back to Genesis 1. So in the beginning, God created the heavens, the earth, and the spirit of the Lord hovered over the waters and talks about that there was chaos and there's darkness and the breath, the word of the Lord spoke into that chaos and brought order, and brought creation. It also makes me think of the book of Job. And Job, and his, he had these friends that spoke, and Job was, was experiencing great suffering. Yet he maintained that, hey, I've been walking a righteous life here. And his friends were like, no, you must have been doing something wrong. God's judging you. That's not what's going on. And Job's like, no, I'm not. And his friends really don't have his back there. Anyway, finally, God responds to all of it and, and is responding to Job. As Job is questioning, God, why are you allowing these things to, to happen to me? And he says, Job, where were you? Where were you when I opened up the deep? Where were you when I told the waves you can go this far and no further? You guys, all of scripture works together and it's, it's, the storyline is consistent and it's telling one story that's pointing somewhere. I'm gonna read a little bit of that again and, and finish it out. And then I'm gonna read a passage from Colossians 1 and I want you to listen for the similarities, okay? So just to summarize, the Lord formed me from the beginning, created before he created anything else. I was appointed ages past before the earth began, uh, before the oceans were created, before the springs bubbled forth their water. Um, I was there when he set the limits of the seas so they would not spread beyond their boundaries. And then verse 30, I was the architect at his side. I was his constant delight rejoicing always in his presence and how happy I was with the world he created, how I rejoiced with the human family. And so my children, listen to me. For all who follow my ways are joyful. Listen to my instruction and be wise. Don't ignore it. Joyful are those who listen to me, watching for me daily at my gates, waiting for me outside my home. For whoever finds me finds life and receives favor from the Lord. But those who miss me injure themselves. All who hate me love death. Colossians 1, 15 to 20 says this. Paul writes this thousands of years later, or over a thousand years later. 
Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things that we can see and the things that we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else and he holds all of creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is the first in everything for God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, in Jesus. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. We become wise by following Jesus because he is the embodiment of God's ways and wisdom. That picture we saw in, Rome, in, in, in Proverbs 8 is the same picture we see in Colossians 1. Jesus is the embodiment of the wisdom of God. And if you want to become wise, you follow him. John says something similar in John chapter one. In the beginning, the world already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought life to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. If you skip down to verse 14 of John one, says the word became human or became flesh and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. Jesus is the embodiment of God's ways and his wisdom. And just like Lady Wisdom, Jesus came and he stood at a crossroads, at the crossroads of history and said, there are two paths you can follow. One, you can follow me or you can follow the way of the world. In fact, in John 14, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And when Jesus came on the scene, when he physically walked the earth, when he was teaching, when he was healing, when he was loving, the gospels tell us that the message that he preached, he said, he came preaching, Repent and believe, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. Hey, you're walking down one path. I'm giving you another path to follow. Believe, believe in me. Believe that I'm the one that you've been waiting for. I'm the one that's bringing life. I'm the one that's bringing hope. I'm the one that's gonna set all things right. The kingdom of God or the wisdom of God is here because God, Jesus is the embodiment of God's ways and his wisdom. And his invitation to the people that he came in contact with was that he would say, hey, repent and believe and come follow me. Come be with me. Come become like me. Come do the things that I'm doing. Come go where I'm going. And that's the invitation he gives to all of us. 
And many of us at some point in our life and maybe at, at several points in our life, we stand at a crossroad and there's two paths we can choose. There's that path of wisdom or folly. Righteousness or wickedness. Life or death. And Jesus said, the way that this path looks like, looks like following me. And so the question then for us this morning is, which path are you on? Think back through so many of those Proverbs that we read, which path, which way did you fall in that? Wise and discerning. Or tossed to and fro. Loving. Or hating. Love, justice. Disorder, chaos, injustice. Which one does your life look like? What I love about scripture is that it gives us the picture, the perfect picture of what life looks like and it's following Jesus. And I believe with all my heart that the way of Jesus is better than any way that the world has to offer. But we'll never understand what that way looks like if we don't spend time with him, become like him, and do the things that he does. I get uh, the privilege during the week to uh, spend time with young adults and college students, and uh, something we've done over the past year is uh, each week after we've, we've read from Scripture and talked about some things, we, we've been giving a practice for the week. And so I kind of want to give one to you guys this week. And it's really, it's for the next month. It's pretty cool. There's 31 chapters in Proverbs, the book of Proverbs. And typically 30, 31 days, you know, in a month, right? So for the next month, and they always start, all of the practices start with sit, with silence, sit in silence with Jesus for a few minutes. And each day, read just a chapter of Proverbs. It's real quick. It doesn't take long. It would probably take you like three or four minutes. But as you're reading, just say, Lord, and pray, God, would you give me wisdom? Would you show me what it looks like to follow the way of wisdom, to follow your ways? Say, show me where, I'm, where I am doing that. Show me where I'm not. And just give the Lord the space and the time to, to speak into your life and to speak his ways and his wisdom into you. Now, I know many of us are, are reading through, through the Bible together and um, keep doing that. Like, don't stop. Don't like, okay, I'm gonna put on the brakes and I'm just gonna do this. Some other time of the day, 
whenever your normal time of reading is do what you've been doing, do the reading you've been doing. But at some other time of the day, whether it's midday or, or maybe in the evening or maybe in the morning, whatever, find five, 10 minutes to sit down, be quiet, ask the Lord for wisdom and read a chapter of Proverbs. Pretty simple. Remember the truth we started off with was we become wise, not by passively receiving, but by pursuing God's ways and his wisdom. This is a way to pursue God's ways and his wisdom. It's to give him space and time to speak into our hearts and into our lives. So let's be active. Let's do it. Past several months, uh, at the end of each service, we've kind of, we want to give space and time for you to think about what we talked about today. Think about the scriptures that we dug into. And maybe there's something that's stirred up in you that you just need to kind of wrestle with the Lord at, with. And you can do that at your seat or you can come down here and just kneel. Sometimes that physical representation of like stepping out and, and kneeling and, and praying helps solidify some things for us. So we're gonna give you time to do that and you do that on this side. If you come over here to this side, then somebody from our team, some of our leaders will, will pray with you. So if you come over here, you're saying, man, I'm dealing with this. I would really love for you to pray with me and for me. And if maybe you're hearing all this today and you say, hey, I haven't chosen to follow Jesus yet. And I'd like to know more of what that look like looks like, or I'd like to take that step, then I'd love to, to meet you here in the middle and we can talk about that. Then we'll also have folks back in the prayer room if you need a little more intimate setting to, to have someone pray with you, then we'd love for you to go back there. But let's just give some space and some time for the Lord to work in our hearts. And these folks are gonna lead us in, in a song. And then once that kind of dies down, then we'll close out, okay? So let's stand and I'd love to pray for you as we go into this time. Lord, thank you for giving us your word to show us what it looks like to be wise, what wise living looks like. And ultimately it looks like following Jesus. It looks like becoming like him and doing the things that, that he does and going where he goes. And so Lord, I pray that you would teach us. And God, that if there's anyone in here this morning that said, you know what, I haven't been on that path, but I really, really want to be. And I wanna surrender and loosen and, and let go of the control that I have on my life and place it in God's hands in whom I can trust and not be tossed to and fro like waves by the wind. Lord, give us courage to allow you to work in our hearts. In your name I pray. Hey guys, thanks so much for checking us out online today. If you want more information about the church or things that's going on here, be sure to check out theriverCC.com or download our app and visit us there. Also, as we go through the Bible this year, we want to help keep you engaged on what's being read and talked about each week. 
To do that, we have a podcast called The Word This Week, which will recap each week's readings, as well as have special guests who will talk about what God showed them that week. So be sure to check that out on all podcast streaming platforms. And again, thanks so much for checking us out online.